Welcome to Mom 2.0. Hi, I'm Vicky. Over the past three years, I've gone from having so little energy I needed three reasons to go upstairs to waking up full of energy and genuinely enjoying time spent with my kids. In this podcast, I share everything that I've learned that has helped me so that it can help you too. I cover a wide range of topics, everything from stress to nutrition, and my hope is that this podcast will take you from tired to inspired so you have the energy you need to enjoy life the way you deserve to. Until fairly recently, I only ever thought of insulin in terms of someone having diabetes. I didn't realize how important stable glucose levels are for all of us and how much it actually affects. Everything from weight management all the way up to Alzheimer's disease, glucose and insulin play a crucial part in our overall well-being. The thing that we're all looking for is more energy. More energy allows us to do more, to enjoy life more. We get that energy from the food that we eat, and in particular foods containing starch. When we digest these foods, they get broken down into glucose, which then enters our bloodstream. Our bodies are pretty amazing, and we also have the ability to make glucose, even if we don't eat starch. But eating starch is more enjoyable than not, so eat starch. Now, in order for it to be used as energy, glucose needs to get from our bloodstream into our cells. It does this with the help of insulin. Insulin is like a key that opens a door to the cells so that glucose can get inside. Insulin is a hormone that comes from the pancreas. So when we eat something containing glucose, the pancreas releases insulin into our bloodstream. The insulin then attaches to the cells and unlocks the doors, letting glucose inside. Once inside the cell, glucose is then used as energy for all our activities and our bodily functions, everything from exercise to breathing. Our bodies need to keep the right amount of glucose in our bloodstream. Too much can be harmful. So when we have too much in our bloodstream, our bodies store that extra glucose for later use, kind of like saving it for a rainy day. So extra glucose is stored as glycogen in the liver and muscles. And then later, say we haven't eaten for a while and we need to keep those levels of glucose stable in our bloodstream, then our bodies can convert that stored glycogen back into glucose to give us the energy we need. The problem comes when we keep dumping large quantities of glucose into the bloodstream. We keep eating and that keeps adding to our glycogen stores, but we never get to use them because there aren't ever rainy days. And this causes the insulin resistance. The pancreas is going to keep producing large quantities of insulin to try and deal with the amount of glucose in your bloodstream. But eventually the cells are going to stop letting glucose in because they're full, and that's when insulin stops working the way it should. So now blood sugar levels are high, and insulin doesn't work the way it should, which is what causes type 2 diabetes. Interestingly, Alzheimer's 
has started being referred to as type 3 diabetes or diabetes of the brain because of the strong link with blood sugar levels. We all know that you get energy from carbs, but all carbs are not created equal. And what I mean by this is, let's say you eat a Snickers bar, and that is quickly converted into glucose, and it hits your bloodstream. Insulin comes in, sends some of that glucose to your cells, and you get that burst of energy. Problem is, it's a lot of energy. It's a spike. And now, 20 or 30 minutes later, your blood sugar levels drop below normal levels, a dip, leaving you feeling drained and tired, and you start searching for the next thing that's going to give you a spike so that you can feel that energy again. Had you chosen something like eggs instead of that Snickers bar, you would still have gotten an increase in energy, not a spike though, and it would have remained longer, and you wouldn't be consumed with finding the next shot of energy in 30 minutes' time. It's a vicious cycle, and willpower has very little to do with it, because your body's need for energy, either real or perceived, will override your willpower every single time, especially in today's world where food is available 24-7. So now you know what glucose does and how insulin works, and now, great, why should you care? Well, glucose spikes cause all sorts of things. They cause insulin overload, energy imbalance, inflammation, damage to blood vessels, hunger, cravings, fatigue, brain fog, you name it. I recently came across uh, Jessie in Chausape. I'm probably saying that wrong. She's otherwise known as the glucose goddess, and she's a biochemist. She's been compiling data on glucose for years, and her data shows how glucose spikes cause all of these problems and she gives us ways to mitigate some of these effects. What I've learned from Jessie about glucose is that we don't need to get rid of everything in our diets that cause glucose spikes. We just need to be more strategic. I love this approach because it's not an all or nothing approach that a lot of health professionals out there have today. That being said, it's also important to remember that using these hacks is not an excuse to eat poorly all of the time. You can't hack your way out of a bad diet. So JC has a lot of hacks that she uses, and I'm not going to go through all of them. I'm just going to go through the ones that I have felt to be the most helpful and also the easiest to implement. So number one is vinegar. Without a doubt, this is the easiest of the hacks, but maybe it's not the most enjoyable. So before a meal containing carbs, say about 10 to 20 minutes before, you have a tall glass of water with one tablespoon of vinegar. Her data shows how this hack leads to far more stable glucose levels and sustained energy. Personally, I prefer apple cider vinegar and I don't really mind the taste, but if it's not for you, here are some others to consider. Eat fiber before your meal. If you add a starter to your meals, nothing extravagant, you could even eat whatever vegetable or salad you were going to have with your meal you could eat that before your meal and you're good to go. So basically what her data shows is that fiber-rich foods, if they eat them before the meal, they get into the digestive system before the carbohydrates and it slows absorption of the carbs, leading to a more balanced glucose level. Hack number three is to move after each meal. It's really simple and really enjoyable also. All you need to do is about 10 to 20 minutes after you eat, 
go for a walk or do some exercises. If you're shot for time or space, you can do squats wherever you're standing, wherever you are. And at the very bare minimum, you can do calf raises at your desk. Go and look on Google for that. There are a lot of options for this and don't look for reasons why you can't. Just get creative and don't overcomplicate it. So as with all of my episodes, this is just the most basic overview of glucose and there's a lot more to it. The more we learn about the way our bodies work, the more power we have over our health. Balancing hormones is the most effective way to get you feeling healthy and energized so that you can engage in life without that constant fatigue hanging over you. But you don't have to overhaul your entire life to do that, one step at a time. And it starts with understanding how your body works. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you got a lot of value out of today's episode. If you haven't done so already, hit subscribe so you don't miss a thing. I'll be back next week with more. Until then, take care and have fun.